Episode 256, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 5, Episode 22, The End. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, welcome to this podcast, this podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's all connected so well, and welcome, welcome to uh, Agent Stewart. Hi, guys. Welcome to Agent Samantha. Hello. And here we are. I am your host, Ben, Ben Avery, and I've been joined by Tigger and someone who identifies as Christopher Robin. Oh, Tigger, your voice, it sounds very different to this episode. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) So, Stuart is usually more up than this. Um, I'm I'm, I'm finding this interesting. Uh, He's sounding like you're you're joining me on the the realism side. The... uh, I I don't don't want to get into the pragmatic, realistic side. Hmm. Uh, Let's... Let's let's save that for um for some after credit conversation. Yeah, yeah. So this will be a tricky episode. We will, although not as tricky as we anticipated it would be, because there wasn't a lot of Infinity War in this episode of Agents of Shield, and uh-huh. so it won't be that tricky for us to not talk about Infinity War when we actually talk about this episode. But if you have not seen Infinity War, don't worry. We're going to talk a little bit about some news. We're going to talk a little bit about this episode. We've got some listener feedback. And then, post-credit, MCU style, we'll be talking about other stuff. You know, with the post-credit scene. And this week, the post-credit scene is the same one it's been for the last three weeks. Which is us (laughs) talking about what does this episode mean in the confines of a conversation about how it's all connected. Specifically, referring to Infinity War. and. I'll, I'll just say this right now. Well, I won't say it right now because I promised it'd be after the credits. But I will just say this. It would have been a lot easier if they just hadn't tried to connect this at all. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> let, let, let's talk oh, about that. Yeah. <laughs> in a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just get started with the news. And, and then we'll move on. Talk about this episode, which is a significant episode. Um, an episode that was written to be either the series finale or the season finale, hence the name, The End. And I'm, I'm not going to sing my song that I have stuck in my head all day, <laughs> but I, I, I probably will when we get to episode discussion. But right now, I'm focusing okay. in on the news. Stuart, you got the news items for us? Yes. Can you, can you get yourself up to... Has some... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't played the sounder oh. yet. You oh, just played last week. Play the sound All right, let me, let me play it. Shield intelligence report. All right, so now I'm asking, do you got the news, wanting the news, First not just off, a yes or no? That is one heck of a sounder, I might add. Uh, <laughs> why, 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 thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yes, we do have some news. Um, 
You ready for it now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm asking for it now. Okay. <laughs> uh, Spider Man Two, which is what prom? I guess Spider Man Two prom. I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming it won't be Spider Man Homecoming Two. Right. I'm assuming it'll have to be Spider Man colon prom something. Yeah. Um. Or spring formal. Spring formal. The fish under the sea dance. Yes. That's a reference we don't make all the time. So, yes, it has some casting and Jake Gyllenhaal, who may or may not have been up for the original Spider-Man Sam Raimi movies, um, has been cast in it as the big bad question mark or a big bad. He's been cast as um, Mysterio, it sounds like, or they're eyeing him is what I think that the the article is saying. Um, And also, Michael Keaton sounds like he might be returning. And you know what this suggests to me? Mysterio and Vulture. This team is up? A, yeah. Team up. Uh, what would the team up be? Sinister Six. Uh, uh, That's, Sinister those are two six. members of the Sinister Six. And mm. the, the Sinister Six is... It's a classic storyline that's probably not quite as great as the classic label would suggest. But, uh, but it's good. Um... I'm not gonna. No, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't didn't Sony just do a Sinister Six movie? No, they had planned to do one. Oh, yeah, this was in their plans um, for the Spider-Man. Okay. And so far, the only thing that's come out of their plans that they had planned was that we have the Venom, the Venom movie coming, and then there's the black and white or whatever it is that'll be that would be Black Cat and uh, Silver. Silver Sable, I think, um, which is uh, those are two female characters from the Spider-Man cast of characters when you section them off. And then they were talking about a Sinister Six movie as well. They were basically looking at how do we make our own MCU? And then Disney said, well, you know how you can make your own MCU? Join the MCU. Just let us do it. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm we'll what'll be fun. We'll be playing the game. Is it the MCU when we do our episode about Venom? Because yeah, that, Venom will more than likely fun. get its own episode strictly because of the connection to the MCU that, well, we'll have to wait and see, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's one news item. Uh, we got some casting people. Yeah, let's, Good. Okay. So the next news item, if you have not been able to see uh, infinity war, say, I don't know, you live in the middle of nowhere and it takes a very long time for you to get to the theater or you have children uh, and, and you a job. A, or you have to, or life, whatever. Yeah. You haven't been able to get to the movies. Yep. You just have to wait until July 31st. And that's when you can buy it on digital platforms. And then if you're a stickler for your physical media, you can wait till August 14th to purchase it. And then you can go back and listen to all of our back shows that you've pressed pause on and waited for. <laughs> yeah, Listen to the post credit discussions that we've had about things. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and you could go, Oh, I completely agree with you. And then you'll send us uh, feedback and we'll say yes. Question yeah. mark. No. Yeah. We'll, we'll say yes. You are right to agree with me. And uh, it's okay <laughs> if you did not agree with, you know, Stuart, Samantha, you know, other people oh, with. Okay, Ben. <laughs> with more bouncy tails than, than mine. So. Okay. Uh, and then the last piece of news is. Um, 
Cloak and Dagger is coming out on the 7th, right, Ben? I believe June it's 7th? the 7th. I have it right here. Had it right here. There it is. Yeah, June 7th. And it's June on Freeform 7th. Network. And we've talked about this a lot, but I do have official uh, confirmation from the advertisements that uh, it'll be available on the Freeform app. It'll be available on On Demand, and it'll also be available on Hulu. Um, now, I don't know if this is one of those extra paid packages from Hulu, because there's like a Showtime package on Hulu. and uh, Oh, is there? Yeah, but I, I, no. I'm doubting that it is. Okay. And, you know, like we've said before, uh, Disney, ABC, is a 33% owner of, of Hulu. Along with, uh, I think it's NBC Universal. There's another 33%. And then Hulu, I think, owns the final 33% themselves. And so um, it makes sense that that Disney would be trying to put more eggs in that basket by putting programming from ABC, Freeform, all these these different channels that they own. So, yeah, I'm excited for this show. I'm excited for this show, too, because I have no idea really who Cloak and Dagger are. Oh, is that so, Stuart? Well, that is very. I mean, it's it's true. If it is very true, if that's the it truth, also, it's also a setup, right? Yeah. Well, it could be. I okay. mean, I'm, I'm going to take your pitch. I'm going to take your pitch, and I'm going to take a swing. Um, there you go. No, uh, we. I created a podcast episode for Comic Book Time Machine about the early issues of Cloak and Dagger that goes from the first appearance in Spectacular Spider-Man through their six or their four issue miniseries. Uh, which gets into their their origin story in detail. It's all all the stuff that Bill Mantlo wrote. Uh, it includes a, a Marvel team up uh, annual number six that has new mutants in it, and so I it it's covers what happens in the comics. It also covers a little bit of the origin of how Bill Mantlo um, got the idea, and it also kind of covers what their powers are and what their motivations are in the comics in their early appearances, and so. That episode, uh, as of this recording, has not come out on Comic Book Time Machine, but if you are a Welcome to Level 7 listener, uh, you will hear about this right now, and you can go there. You can go to our Patreon page, and on our Patreon page, there are some just kind of – there's there's some thank you episodes for people who are pledging to our Patreon um, to be Patreon patrons, but this is one of those articles that we made available to anyone. So just go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, seven is spelled out. And, um, you'll find a blog post there. That's, uh, it, it's just called cloak and dagger. Um, and it's, it's a special free, um, pre-release, uh, look at that episode. So if you're interested in cloak and dagger and you're curious, like what, what is the show going to be about? What could the show be about? Um, there's definitely some differences between the comics and the show, just based on the trailers from the show. But um, if you're wondering where this show is coming from, then go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven and find that blog post right there. Click on it. You can play it from right there. Um, you can also become a patron if you want, you know, like we're not going to stop you from doing that, but this is something that's a freebie, um, just going out to everyone and any kind of a uh, welcome to level seven supporter. And if you are listening right now, you are supporting the podcast by listening. You are. So it's out there for everybody. And if you listen to comic book time machine, you can just wait a couple days and it'll appear on the, <laughs> on the feed there. But without and, a special and, introduction where I say, Hey, this is something different. So, yeah. And it's a very, it's, it is a good listen. Um, it is a good look at, 
the early cloak and dagger. And I think it offers a lot of um, tidbits as to what could happen, or at least motivations for the characters, because you know how the MCU changes everything all the time. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see what from those original stories translates into the screen. Yeah. If nothing else, it'll give you a little bit of a background to say, oh, they changed that. And oh, that's from the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to Cloak and Dagger because I'll wait until we start Cloak and Dagger. I have my reasons and I am <laughs> <laughs> I'm now okay. looking forward to the show as opposed to dreading it, as I once mentioned before on this podcast. All right. For reasons That's... I will reveal then. OK, well, that's what we, we... call bearing the lead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will we will find that out uh, soon enough uh, then. So um, just briefly, then a look at the Welcome to Level 7 podcast future. Um, We have a year between now and when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season six comes back. There's three MCU movies between now and then, plus Venom, which who knows what that's going to be. Right. Plus, um, you know, a couple little things here and there. Uh, And so novel. That's right. The Thanos novel novel. in in November. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And we'll be talking about that somehow or another, but maybe that'll be the first Welcome to Love 7 book club. <gasps> I was just going to say book club. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we'll see. We should totally not do that. I don't, under, I don't know how. Well, I've listened to one book club podcast before. And uh, it didn't end well for you. <laughs> I don't uh, remember. Did it? Well, I hated the book. Oh, well, there you go. But the podcast was making fun of the book. So I love the podcast, but it was Ready Player One is what it was. And, and I actually like the book, which is why I will not listen to that podcast. Well, and then they've continued. Their season two was about Armada, which is by the same author. And ugh, that was a little harder because I actually kind of liked Armada. And mm. then the podcast is just like making fun of Armada. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is how it must feel for Stuart. So <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do uh, maybe we'll do like a, a I don't know I don't like a Facebook group or something where you read each read a chapter a week or something yeah, and talk yeah. about we'll, it. That we'll, we'll see. We've got till November to figure that out. Anyway, um we are going to be we don't do, planning it until the middle of October. <laughs> well, something like that. Um uh, for Cloak and Dagger, we will be starting that coverage um very soon after it starts. Um and then we'll be also doubling up some coverage of Defenders. And after Cloak and Dagger and Defenders, we'll just be continuing with the, the Netflix stuff and doing our, our style of Netflix um, coverage, which is about a half hour episode for each episode of the Netflix series that are out there. And yeah, and then that'll carry us through. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll just wait and see how that all plays out as far as, you know, will, will a movie interrupt a Netflix series or something? I don't know. But well, we've got lots of Netflix to get through for sure. We do. Well, we have defenders, we have Punisher, we have, um, Jessica Jones season two, and then Luke Cage season Luke two Cage. is coming out very soon. So there's yeah. a lot, there is a lot, but now that we don't have a year long <laughs> 22 episode series that we're going to be dealing with, we might be able to catch up. No promises. <laughs> Yeah, don't hold us to that. No, I've I've learned uh, whenever I say to my my daughter who's a teenager, um, you know, hey, uh, you know, 
we could do this or we might do this, you know, and it, it becomes a promise. And, yeah. and I've learned to just hold back my words a little bit and be like, that's a possibility, but I'm, I'm not going to commit. Like, I'll say that. And she's like, why are you saying that? Well, because you hold me to it. And if I, if something comes up, you hold a grudge against me. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, yeah, we need to talk about this episode. So, mm-hmm. um, all that said, we're, 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 we're doing our best. We're getting through and we're covering the stuff that we can and we're enjoying what we're doing. So that's the important thing. So I think it's time to talk about an episode that I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to, I don't want to bury the lead. I enjoyed this episode. So let's talk about it. Let's do it. I love this episode too. Let's go. Mission report. All right. Now, sometimes we do our coverage one way where we'll cover like a group of characters and sometimes we'll do it another way. Uh, today I'm thinking we just go straight through. We'll talk about the cold open, talk about act one, act two, act three. And, um, there's some things, there's, there's things that happen that need discussion. And there's also things that don't happen that need discussion because it involves prophecies and, and visions and, and talking to people from the future so there's a lot of things that we can um, kind of analyze and and give our, our own thoughts about. And let's so yeah, we're just going to go straight from the beginning to the end. So let's do it. In our cold open, Colson is in bed, being cared for while the team argues about what to do. Uh, because Robin has prophesied that Colson could put the pieces back together, so they need Colson. But Yo-Yo from the future has said trying to save Coulson will destroy the world. And so on one hand, they can take the caterpillar thing from the um, from season one. and they Caterpillar? Can, yeah, the caterpillar little device thing that they put on them. I thought it was the uh, centipede. Oh, centipede, caterpillar. They're the same. Except for the number of legs or something. Okay, centipede, whatever. Centipede. <laughs> In my notes, I wrote Caterpillar. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, they can take the centipede and they can put the odium in it and use it against Talbot. Or they can take the centipede without the odium and use it to save Coulson. And it actually will give him a little bit of juice to be even more of a superhero. Um, so they're arguing about that. But Yo-Yo stops the argument by grabbing the Caterpillar with her power and... She yells at the team. She feels alone. She feels like there's nothing holding this team together. No one's listening to her. Max says, no, there's hope. That's what's holding us together. We've got, we've got hope. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to vote. We're going to vote. Do we use it on Talbot or do we use it on Coulson? And everyone thinks Yo-Yo is the one who has leverage. But then they hear a pshh. May has dropped the odium and destroyed it. She has made the choice for everyone. Without the odium, there's only one place that the centipede is going to be any good for, and that is um, Coulson. That is our cold open. Boom. Um, I have, I think I figured out where the choice was that changed the timeline began. All right. So the, obviously the time, the time loop has been broken in this episode. Yes. And so the moment that you think it happens is... When May smashes the odium vial. What do you think, Stuart? Sure. <laughs> don't, look, hold, hold, I, don't hold back, man. I mean, if, no, I mean, I, I hadn't really thought about it. Um, 
I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they broke it a long time ago and they're just sort of picking up the pieces. That way, I don't think we got a definitive answer one way or the other. So, sure, that's when that's when it broke. Great, so, I'm, I'm down. So, why do you say so, uh, Samantha? Because without the odium, the team was forced to make certain choices that led to the final fight that affected other things going on in the episode at the same time. Yeah, I, I mean, this is definitely the beginning of a chain of events for yes. sure. And it's it's May taking things into her own hands after Yo-Yo has tried to take things into her own hands or her hands that were made for her anyway. And um, so there they are. And there's the showdown. And oh, uh, what a moment. What a moment. Yo-Yo's you know what crying. I- May looks defiant. I really appreciated Yo-Yo's speech in this because I, I got a um, – I don't know if I agree with her or not, but I appreciate that she stood there and when the whole world was telling her to move, she told the world no. And and I, I think I butchered that quote. But it's the same, it's the same <laughs> thing that, that Cap did in, in Captain America 3, right, Where or Civil War, where he's he's so convinced that what he's doing is right that – no one can tell him any different. Um, what I found myself doing was sort of comparing that, that, you know, civil war to this situation right here. And, you know, kind of having a, a Bravo moment for yo-yo again. I don't know if she's right or not, but everybody in that scene is saying, no, this is the way we go. And she believes so deeply that it's not. So I, I applaud her for standing her ground. Well, and she's scared that the world is going to be destroyed. Right. And <laughs> and she has special knowledge that was given to her, you know, and now she has her interpretation of it as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they're all just trying to do what's going to work, what's going to be right. Uh, yeah, but this, the decision is made at this point. It's made by May. What do you think about May doing that then? Well, I think May's just tired of the of the standing around not coming to a decision. Yeah. Well, I think May's and, May is tired of just standing around and not coming to her decision. Like <laughs> Well, she, maybe, but I also think she'd be okay if like a decision was made. <laughs> I mean, I think she would she would rather it be that, but if 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 she if a decision was made, there was a cohesive leader. She would fall in line because she's a good soldier, and then change it because she didn't like it. That's that's really how that would go, I guess. Well, May is um, obviously she has said, "I love you, Coulson." And, well, actually, it's more like, "I love you," you know, to to Coulson right, in anger. Uh, <laughs> in anger, because that's that's May. Um, if only she had said it in Klingon, it would have been better. <laughs> that would have been better, yes. Um, but she also fully understands the consequences of letting a villain or a monster or, you know, somebody with special who is enhanced run wild. And she understands that sometimes you have to make those hard choices and you have to sacrifice the few for the many. 
Um, and she has a lot more field experience than the others. I mean, she she understands here what is the most important thing. And if they tr- focused more on saving Coulson, well, the world's going to fall apart anyway. So why on earth were you spending all that energy trying to save Coulson? And Coulson did not appreciate that these people are trying to save him over saving the world. So she has to respect that. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that conversation because that was – there's some good conversations that happen in this. Yes. And yeah. Okay. So here's not a not-so-good conversation as we move into Act 1. Um, Talbot, he has Robin. He has Robin's mother. And he's pushing Robin where to find the Gravitonium. And – his the mom is like you're doing good you're doing good it's okay not to say anything and then robin's all but if i don't help you i'll never see you again and talbot's all yep because <laughs> i'm a hero gonna save the world so i'll kill your mom if you don't show me where to find the stuff um because so. that's what heroes do yeah well maybe if you're deadpool but even deadpool refuses to be called a hero yeah because he knows he's not yeah <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest but uh, yeah. So then, um, meanwhile, Mac and Yo-Yo have a heart to heart and she tells him that he's going to die because of what she knows. And he says, everyone dies. And on that day, we have to answer up there for what we've done down here. And she's, she's all, I'm not, it's not God that I'm afraid of. Uh, and then Talbot lands his spaceship on Chicago, not in Chicago, on Chicago, which yeah. is, uh, it's a bad move. And it's also bad special effects yeah it just doesn't look good um i am so appreciative about how that they are nodding towards um uh spiritual beliefs and and god in this season it's they, they don't talk about it too much and and you can take it less from god more of a spiritual approach um more of an ambiguous spiritual approach but i really like how they're talking actually talking about god and not making like christians out to be terrible people yeah it's mac i mean yeah mac and we love mac yes and and he's pretty much talking i mean i i get i guess maybe i'm looking at it from my you know from the lens of my life or whatever but i feel like he's pretty much saying he is a Christian who is believing in God and that following the Christian beliefs. I don't think he's, I don't think you could construe that as other, you know, spiritual beliefs. Well, I mean, and it makes sense that they're giving him a specific worldview and all the characters have a specific worldview. And, it's nice. It's nice that they're portraying him in a in a positive light. And not only that, I appreciate that they're portraying him in a positive light, but they're also portraying him with um, fairly good mainstream as far as the the Christianity beliefs. You know, it's not the yeah. not the weird stuff that you're like you're talking about, Samantha, where it's like he he's he's crazy or he's this or he's that, but he's just a solid guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, or he's just a little bit too, you know, straight and narrow or, you know, or he's willing to make concessions, you know, but no, he's, yeah. And 
it's it's interesting because of what happens with him in this in this uh, in this episode. But um, part of that comes from his sense of morality. What happens in this episode with him and Daisy later on comes from his strong sense of morality and his strong sense of um, caring for people. And that's the other thing that I appreciate is that his faith translates into a faith that's for other people um, and and not just a it, – it's one of those things where I believe true Christianity comes down to you serve God by serving people. You know, that's that's really kind of it at its in a nutshell of how you should live if you are uh, someone who believes in in God and believes in Christ and and believes in, in in Christianity. You serve God by serving other people. Now, there's other things you can get into nitty gritty details, blah, blah, blah. But that's kind of the essence of it. And that's what I see with Mac here. You know, he he cares about other people. He tries hard um, and he, he's not the only one in this show who does that. But um they allow him to to speak these things and to say, you know, this is where I'm coming from. And then, you know, you have Yo-Yo. And where is she coming from? You know, <laughs> the things she's doing come from a, a similar place as far as she wants to help people. Like, she's doing all of these things, making these hard choices. It's, it's not out of selfish ambition for her. She's seen a terrible future, and she wants to help people not, not live that. A lot of the other decisions are that the characters are making are coming from places of fear and selfishness, and up until this point, anyway. Um, I would even say that that May's decision to drop the odium maybe comes out of a place of fear or selfishness. Um, but Yo-Yo and Mac, I, I just feel like they have the most noble of intentions of of the entire crew up until this point. Um. And especially considering Fitz, you know, he, he made the hard decision to yeah. be ruthless and brutal and, yeah, do what has to be done because it has to be done. But Yeah, and she says that she's not afraid of God. She's a, what she's and, – and she alludes to this, but what she's really afraid of is living the rest of her life feeling guilty about the entire world being destroyed. And it was all on her shoulders. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Because he's talking about the future, you know, where when you die, you answer to God. You know, and you're mm-hmm. going to have to talk to him about what you did in life and what you did with the things you had and what you did with, you know. And she's thinking of, if I don't do this, I'm going to live with the consequences now. Because she knows she's going to have to live for like a hundred years with that guilt. Yeah. And who, I mean, really, you don't want that on, you don't want that on her shoulders. She's a no, good person. You don't want that on her shoulders for a hundred minutes, let alone a hundred years. Yeah. Granted, some of that time spent, you know, sleeping in some sort of, you know, thing that keeps her alive that whole time. But yeah. But Talbot <laughs> and his spaceship that he just lands on the buildings. What's he thinking? <laughs> like, this is. <laughs> that's, he's thinking he's a superhero and this is how superheroes act but this is not he how superheroes he... park you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's seen yes. he's seen all the Avengers movies yeah. he, he knows parks by just... suspending the air to aircraft above the city not landing directly on it oh can I just say yeah. like as much as I you know I don't want to see people dying obviously but um, I'm so glad that they didn't like evacuate the entire city before this happened 
you know, like like is happening in, in the other, you know, not all the superhero movies ever since Man of Steel. Oh, we got to evacuate the whole city so that they can have the big destructive fight and no one's in danger of getting hurt instead of, you know, the, the realistic situation that would happen. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. It's Chicago, which is, you know, it's in my, my neighborhood, so to speak, about two hours away from me. And, uh, and it's where the great lakes Avengers, a lot of them show up. So may, maybe, maybe they could come and help. They, they don't. But no, yeah. no, they don't. So let's talk about Yo-Yo and Coulson with all the stuff, with all the conversations Yo-Yo was having. I was getting worried that she was on death watch, um, but she goes to Coulson and she says, Coulson, I wasn't I wasn't arguing to have them kill you or let you die because I wanted you to die. I just didn't think we should put all of our eggs in the basket that is named Philip Coulson. And he was like, I, I. I would be on their side for that argument. And uh, so that's that's good. They've had that moment. And uh, we get another moment later on in the episode that um, I think is a nice almost redemption of, of Yo-Yo and Coulson's not conflict, but kind of the, the, the guilt that Yo-Yo was feeling about how she was arguing about Coulson. Uh, meanwhile, Deke left in charge of the lighthouse. And what he says is, I'll get the mayor of the town and I'll give him the tour, and then he's going to leave. Deke is. He's going to leave and just walk the land until he disappears, because Fitz has said he'll disappear. And he also says, I never really fit in anyway. And then Deke gives Daisy some special words of wisdom. She has to fix the team if she wants to lead. And so we're talking about putting together the pieces, fixing the team. Um, and then Simmons bring hey. And my notes here, I said centipede, so that's good. Uh, Simmons brings a centipede serum to Coulson, puts it down next to him, starts to explain, and May comes in and says, no, leave, I'm going to explain. And she reminds Coulson what it took to get the serum. Then she tells him, I want to see you walk out of this room, and I want you to rejoin the fight. They talk about feelings. And then Talbot floats down into a low-rent TV Avengers battle scene and starts mining Gravitonium. So that is act two. Um, let's start with Deke. Good old Deke. Anyone glad that he and Daisy had this nice conversation that didn't turn into anything? Yeah. And if you notice, he said that either way, he's going to be out of the picture for as far as S.H.I.E.L.D. goes. Because yeah. either he'll blink out of existence or he's just going to walk away and explore Cause, the world. Because he never fit in. Right. He, I, I never really fit in with the gang anyway, is what he says. And then Daisy's all, is that what we are, a gang? And then he he makes a nice uh, observation. He's like, I lived in a world where, where people were willing to kill for you, but you guys are willing to die for each other. And he's never seen that before. So that's, that's kind of nice, you know. Yeah. And this is the last we see him. Uh, is he says he's going to walk away. So do you think he um, blinked out of existence? I, I don't. My, so, my personal feeling is that that Deke from that timeline is still 
in existence and, and kind of carries the timeline with him. That timeline, I think, stopped if the loop is broken. But I think that he is still walking walking around, going to get a job at a diner somewhere, make some money, buy a car, I, travel I agree. Route 66. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. He would enjoy that. He'd get, he would get such a huge kick out of that. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't, I mean, I, if they do reveal that, yes, he did completely blink out of existence, I will accept it. Um, but I would not be shocked if we see him again. I like the ambiguity. Yeah. I, I did too. Uh, it, for all the questions that the season gave us, one of them that they kept coming back to was the idea of, is the loop broken? Is the loop broken? And the only answer they gave to us that we would know if the loop was actually broken is whether or not Deke blinks out of existence. Um, well, and the on, other one is and, being that the Earth didn't crack. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, but... Okay, I get I get what you're saying. Um, but... The only the the one thing that they that was Fitz's thing, uh, right? Is that he would bleak it. Well, but but Fitz was talking to us too. Hey, by the way, you're playing the home game. I know you are because you're watching the show. If he blinks out of existence, the loop is broken, and he didn't do other way. So I I don't have a I, I like the ambiguity of it. I just don't know that they answered questions. It feels really good for the end of a series, not necessarily for the end of a season, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I I just feel like we – and with with season six, maybe I'm wrong. Um, But I feel like we've gone beyond the point where like the last moment anyone saw Daisy before the earth cracked. That happened. We saw saw that in this episode. And the earth didn't crack. And so I think that's our, our safe bet. As far as Deke, then, because they didn't show us one way or the other, um, I think it's it's dealer's choice, you know? I think we we are in a place with post-cracking. But where's Deke? I don't know. I like to think that he's walking the land and, and yeah. just enjoying being out in the, in the world. Um, but maybe he did fade away. I don't know. He and uh, he and Deathlock are are having some fantastic adventures. Yeah, in that Deathlock series that they didn't make, uh, season right. six, uh, it's it, Deke is joining him as as a uh, sidekick character. They they need that by now, you know. Season six, they can use some fresh blood, and so yeah, you know, bringing Deke into the Deathlock series was a, was a smart choice in that alternate universe <laughs> where that happened. So. Uh, so that Deke, um, um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I want to talk about the uh, this um, syringe. Yeah, the centipede serum. Yeah. Um, so it's presented to Coulson. It's not injected into him. Yes. So this is where it's his choice. Is that a satisfying? Um, yeah resolution for that or well we i mean this is like part of that whole um um domino effect of of may smashing the odium file 
and what choices are they left with? And right now, all the team is thinking is all we can do is just heal Colson with this vial and hope everything turns out for the best. And Colson's sitting here with the choice. Do I take this and help save the world or do I not? Uh, do I um, allow myself to um, to die naturally? Well, this episode is a lot of Colson and other people kind of taking away from the binary choice. And so you've got the give it to Colson or give it to Talbot. Well, what about option C? Yeah. You know, and, and Coulson comes up with option C. Which Yeah, it just it, it just seems like the rest of the team is like, do we save Coulson or save the world? What other choices do we have here? And it, they just seem to be stuck on those two and they, they can't think of a third one. Well, I think it comes down to which way to save the world. Do we save yeah. the world by killing Talbot or do we save the world by saving Coulson? So that Coulson can save Talbot. And again, it's 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 answer C. Um, yeah. And so my disappointment. Well, we'll get to it. But okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have well Talbot doing his thing. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I actually had a bit of difficulty watching the scenes where he's smashing the buildings and the people are running because um, I was 18 years old when uh, 9/11 happened. Um, and I was still a senior in high school and I remember that day thinking, oh my gosh, the world is changing. My life will never be the same. And I was absolutely right because so much has happened since then. And it's still hard for me to watch anything to do with 9-11. So, I mean, but the thing is, is that the Avengers frequently seems to go back to that visual of buildings crumbling and people running and that for those moments, it's very hard for me to watch this stuff. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting because that, I mean, if you do anything like this, you're going to be referencing the visuals that people saw in real time on real TV. Right. Um, and that's, that's the choice. Well, like I what was you... watching Pacific Rim. Yeah, which one? Today. And they have big giant monsters walking through and literally just both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they they are they th- you know, these build they're they're literally walking through the buildings, right? And and destroying all of the buildings around them. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this couldn't oh the no, this was bef- this was after nine eleven. Yeah. So the the destruction of a city goes hand in hand with evil things happening, bad things happening. Yeah. It's interesting because you have like Godzilla, the original Godzilla movie is Mm -hmm. a fictional representation of a very real event that destroyed so much, you know? And so even, even back then you had this, this terrible tragedy and then visually, they the the person who filmed it, um, the the director, he was a documentary director, and he kind of used his documentary style with some of what he was filming. But he also experienced victims of I don't know if it was Nagasaki or Hiroshima, but he actually experienced seeing p- 
people in the aftermath of of the bombings and and so he's bringing that to Godzilla and it, it's interesting because the, then you're like okay is this in bad taste or what is um but with this show here specifically I think it's very interesting what they're saying with these moments and yes it is difficult to watch because it looks very much like what we saw on on 9/11 but what they're saying with these moments is very interesting, um, which we'll yes. get there. But yes, in fact, we'll, we'll get there now. Um, so, yeah, I was going to ask, what, what are they? I mean, enlighten us. I'm, I've got my book open. I've got my highlighter. Oh. Um, I've got my pen. Can you can you teach us? Well, oh, man. So <laughs> uh, I hope I don't disappoint you. But um, <laughs> this is just my thoughts. So uh, so they're going in act three and. <laughs> They're they're going in. They're going after uh, Graviton, and Daisy actually starts to lead, and she makes her first great decision as a leader, and that is to step down as the leader. <laughs> and <laughs> and if I can just say for a moment, I called it. I, I called <laughs> yes, it. You did. Mac yes, you did. As director of Shield, um, she starts. It's a great speech actually that she gives, where it's it's an essentially an apology and. And she's saying, I let my feelings get the best of me and all this. And you would say that means I'm not fit to lead. And she looks at Yo-Yo and I'm like, where is this going? You know, this that almost feels really, well, it's passive aggressive, right? But no, it's not. She's actually like, yeah, and, and you're right. You know, you would say that means I'm not fit to lead. You're right. But you know who is fit to lead? You know who is someone who can bring us together? Because this is, this is what Deke was saying. You got to fix the team. And she's like, how do I fix the team? Mac. Mac is how I fix the team. And she appoints Mac as leader, lets everyone vote on it. Mac is outvoted and he's, he is made leader. And she says he's the general we can all rally behind. And who's been saying this about Mac, you know, not necessarily wanting him to be the leader, but we've been saying this about Mac. He is a good guy. And he, um, we have talked about him as, you know, a potential leader for S.H.I.E.L.D., but um, in more general terms, we've also talked about him just as a good guy who cares about people and also, you know, is is a strategical thinker. And so everyone votes. Coulson approves as he walks in, hands Daisy her gear, looks at Mac as the leader and says, what are we going to do? And what does Mac say? We're going to save lives. And so this is where we get into what are they saying about, um, you know, in the in these moments that kind of reflect 9-11. And that's you've got all these people running around helping each other, you know, standing firm in, in the face of overwhelming odds. And you have especially it's it's especially brought to, to light in the the cop who is he's, he's with the woman and he's got his pistol and he's getting ready to use it. And she's all. I don't think that's going to do much good. And he's, yeah, you're right. And then shield taps into every cell phone on every first responder. And I love this moment. This is shield. We're here to help. And so in my notes, I just wrote down shield being shield. They come in, they're going to rescue people from buildings. They're going to help evacuate people. Um, they are, yes, heroic in the sense that they're doing heroic things. They're also the ones who have the equipment and the superpowers and that sort of thing. But that does not at all go against the other first responders, the fire, the firefighters, the police, the EMTs, the regular people helping regular people. Um, it's just S.H.I.E.L.D. has more equipment. And 
and they go in to help. They rescue people from buildings. Um, so that's what I was saying about that is what they're saying with these moments is these are humanity is good in the sense that they, they want to help. And yeah. <laughs> so, and I also really liked that they were shield being shield. You know, they were, they were shield and it, they came back. It's like they've been underground for yeah. so long or they've been off the map for so long. Now they, they come back and they are saying, we are shield. We are doing this job again. Totally. They're outed now. Mm-hmm. Um, now they may be stationing themselves in the lighthouse. Maybe. Um, they definitely are going to be using the Zephyr. and But yeah, they are out. And, mm-hmm. you know, last, last people saw shield. It wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of came back a little bit and were good. And and then they kind of disappeared again, and right. now they're back. The pro- what if they disappear again? Yeah, this is where I would enter if this was the uh, the welcome to level seven chat. I um I would this is where I would uh, send you guys the gif of the <laughs> minions saying yay. <laughs> because yes. that's how I felt at that moment. It was just yay, shield being shield. Shield protecting people. Shield being a shield against mm-hmm. yes um, danger. Yes. Yep. Okay, so Mac, May, and Fitz go into a building to help people because they're being shield. And they find Robin. And Robin says, Mommy's in there. And so Mac goes in the ship and instantly gets put on death watch for me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's it. That's it. He's done. Yeah, be- because his life is good now and he's got some resolution and it's supposedly the last episode. So, and yeah. he's going into a spaceship that's perched on a building that keeps having, you know, rubble and stuff fall. So also there's bad guys in the spaceship. Uh. Mm. <laughs> so I put him on death watch. Yo-Yo was on death watch. She's off it now. Because he's on it, right? So if one of them is going to go, it's not going to be both of them. Oh, yep. you just you just only have one person on your death watch? I had several people on death watch in this episode. Well, from this couple, just them. Oh, the, the mom also, death watch. Yeah. yeah. They, they could have killed off both of them. They could have. Well, and yeah. Fitz, Fitz put them on death watch. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he says, oh, hey, they, they don't get out, you know. Um <laughs> And so that's, you know, when he says that, May and Fitz then get to go in and, and be heroic. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Fitz, but Daisy and Coulson, they have a heart to heart because they're going in the Quinjet because he was standing, right? He can't stand anymore. Um, so the plan was to send Coulson in as the only one who could reach Talbot. But this is where, again, Coulson thinks outside the box. He's the man with a plan. He thinks, A, she can reach Talbot, and B, they may be beyond reaching Talbot. And so someone needs to go in who can actually take care of this. And he says, I've given you all the tools you need, appeal to his good nature, and if that doesn't work, beat him up. Kill him. You know, you, you do what you got to do. And then she runs out of the jet, the Quinjet, and we get the video footage from the future where she's running out. She turns around. She's pointing. She's all, you you're going to go back right now and take that medicine. 
<laughs> she's pointing. Doesn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so remember what he says. And remember that he also gave her the quake uniform earlier. Right. Because he says, you find the strength in your heart to appeal to his good nature. And if you can't, find the strength in your arms. Yeah. And he says, also, I've given you all the tools given you, you need. All the tools. Yes. Yeah. That's called foreshadowing, folks. Of course, I didn't <laughs> notice it the first time, but the second time when I knew it was going to happen, I totally noticed it. So that's good. That's got to count for something, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. And then uh, act, act, act three ends with Daisy running down the Chicago streets towards Talbot. Oh, and Mac gets Robin's mom out of her jail cell using his axe shotgun and then they get attacked and I'm like, Oh, that's it. I'm getting tense at this point. And I'm like, yep, that's it. Mac Robin's mom, death watch in the same detention level that looks exactly like, or, or to me, it looks just like the detention level from the death star. So then I'm just about the detention level. Yeah. Into the garbage (laughs) chute, fly boys. (laughs) Oh, that movie so good. Uh, so good. So is good. it? I'm gonna say yes because I've uh, been. I, I already said it. So okay, Eeyore. <laughs> and this time I'm not talking to Ben. I'm talking to Stuart. I know. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> keep I, going. I turned out not to be Eeyore. I turned out to be right. So <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. wow. Yeah, I'm just. But sorry, just putting it out there. Uh, so Act Four. We got Talbot fighting Daisy. We've got uh, Mac fighting bad guys and losing until May comes and Fitz comes and Fitz kills one of them. And I'm all, huh, huh. I guess none of them on a death watch there. I, I was wrong about that one. Uh, and, and, oh, and Coulson's fighting nature. <laughs> He's fighting necro tissue or whatever it is that they call it. Um. But Talbot versus Daisy, he explains to her, I'm becoming a a hero. And she's and this is where what I was saying. This is where she actually speaks it out loud. You are a hero. And so are all these people around you. And you became a hero the moment you took, you know, the oath. And I became a hero the moment I took, you know, the oath where I chose that I will stand and I will help people and I will risk life i will risk limb i will risk sanity she mentions and then he's like yeah i've heard that kind of speech before from hale and colson also i'm crazy so you take that plus that plus that he grabs her flies her up to the sky and she's we should team up and he's like no yeah we're gonna team up oh we're gonna team up and yeah uh for his monologue, I wrote, Graviton continues to wax villain, villainy philosophical. Like, you know, wax philosophical. I yeah. couldn't decide should I put wax philosophical villainy or wax villainy philosophical, but yeah. Wax villainous philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, you had it right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but he's not. That's the thing that's so tragic. This is a tragic end for Talbot mm-hmm. here because he's not trying to be evil he's just doing the evil stuff and clearly off 
the deep end. He's yeah. he's insane. He he has lost his his capability to reason the way he used to be able to. So, um, yeah, so things get more, more and more tense. Robin and mom are reunited. Coulson is dying. Talbot <laughs> dives from above the skyscrapers straight toward the ground. Coulson continues dying. Uh, Fitz gets bits of building dropped on him while Coulson continues dying. Uh, Talbot smashes Daisy into the ground while Coulson dies. And, uh, yeah, so they hit the ground. Talbot's going to absorb her into him, take her powers. He's like, ah, this would work so much great if I could just quake everything. Um, she finds the Coulson, put the serum in her gauntlet. I gave you all the tools you need. Find the strength in your arms. She takes it. She uses it. Uh, it stops Talbot from absorbing her. Meanwhile, Yo-Yo's giving CPR to Coulson. So there's that. This is, I think, Yo-Yo's opportunity to kind of redeem herself with him. Um, and, and Daisy, prays. what? She also prays. Yeah. yeah. As she's doing the CPR. Um. <laughs> and so this is where things just don't go the way I thought they were going to go. <laughs> Daisy just blasts Talbot up into space, just a single quake blast, and he is. Up through the atmosphere. Um, where and, the air is clear. Yeah, up where the air is clear. And, or where there is no air. Yeah. Where there is no air. It, it could, I mean, breaking the loop could have been when Coulson didn't take the serum mm-hmm. and gave it to Daisy. Well, True. yeah. But the odium was out of play. And if the odium was still in play, it could have somehow ended up in. And Daisy, and therefore um, uh, uh, Talbot, and he could have absorbed her, which meant he would have been so many times more powerful, and he would have been able to crack the earth. Yeah, this is where it gets interesting. And some of this we have to save, or at least some of what I want to say, we have to save until post-credit. But this is where it gets interesting with all of the possible futures, um, you know, the this is the one that breaks the loop. And so what breaks the loop? Well, May started a chain of events. And then <laughs> we've got this situation here where Daisy's power set is what we thought might make her the destroyer of worlds. Well, Talbot clearly is the destroyer of worlds. But you're right. What if they use the serum and the odium and it didn't kill him? It just made him more powerful. And, you know, even if it did kill him moments later, but he just rips everything in half because, yeah, it it just, this is what's fun about this episode is this is where we all see all that future stuff come to a culmination. So, yeah, uh, Fitz gets Mm -hmm. smashed by rocks and dies and it's really sad and when it gets really really sad is when mac calls him turbo like that was the moment where i was just like oh oh and at that same moment actually no it was earlier than that it was the same moment when daisy blasts graviton into space colson 
wakes up. But then they dig up Fitz. It looks like he could live. And then they realize he's not going to. It's sad. Mac comes back. Simmons sees him, and they do one of those kind of wordless moments where it's in all in the face. She sees Mac. She knows what happened. It's sad. Or is it? I cried. <laughs> I cried. I don't. I don't know about you guys. You guys don't have to admit it, but I cried. There were tissues involved. Yeah. Wow. I cried rewatching this episode the third time. <laughs> well, yeah, I I did get choked up. It was it was sad. Um, like I, I I'm not lying when he said turbo. I was like, oh man, friendship. I was verklempt for sure. Friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Well, Robin and Mom are you reunited, and it feels so good. And they they survive together. And yes. and Robin says it feels different. So that's very interesting because that whole living life uh out of time, does that stop now? Like the that timeline is not the timeline she's living in anymore. So is she gonna start living life out of time? With a different future, is she having the the same visions? I don't know. I think she's having different visions now, because her mother lived. The Earth did not crack. She's going to live a completely different life. She, I, it doesn't. There's no answer whether or not she still has her powers, but she is going to live a completely different life from here on out. Yeah, because May was her mom. Yes. You know, I mean, and so yeah, that whole character arc with them and now she'll have those memories that she had before maybe but I she think probably she will yeah um i i don't know i don't know but it's it's very interesting you know to just follow this thread and see where it's going to take things it could also be one of those things where they set up her powers, but then it actually works a completely different way later on for whatever reason they need to. And I'm not saying they're using it as a, as an escape or whatever. I'm just saying that a lot of times shows will set up something to work a specific way, but then twist it a little bit to where it works differently for the purposes that of that. Yeah. Uh, that they need. Or I, I would really just prefer I mean, this is me like talking about her like she's a real person now. But for her, I'd prefer it that maybe she doesn't have powers anymore. You know, right? Yeah. Right. That's the other way it. it could go. Is um, that once the once she's sort of out of once she's sort of in phase with this current universe, her powers go away. But this does suggest that that's the moment, at least for her, when she knows the time loop is broken because it's different now. And and that tells us it's different. Her prophecies are different. The things right. she saw are different. But one last creepy thing for her, because she's got some creepy stuff going on earlier in other episodes. But for her, the one last creepy thing here is that globe, right? So Talbot has a globe. It's like, show me. You know, see this little guy here? I'm going to save this little guy. Uh, but you got to show me where the graviton is, or gravitonium is. And you're not going to see your mom. 
until you show me where the gravitonium is. Just mark on here where it is. And then later on, you see her holding the globe, carrying it. And um, it's like colored to look like she shaded out all the parts of the earth that were gone. And it looks like she's, you know, it's just that top part of the earth. Um, like the, we saw in earlier in the season and she's just like colored the globe to look like it's cracked apart. And that was kind of a creepy moment. Mm-hmm. Nice little touch to whoever was doing mm-hmm. the, the prop design there. Nice touch. And nothing is creepier than a creepy kid. It's true. But she's not really creepy in nature. It's just she has she's a very strange power. And creepy lines. They give her creepy lines. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, they just give her a line where it's like, it's not quite as bad as uh, they're here, but it's along those lines where, yeah, the kid, yeah. not so creepy. The lines coming from a kid who's not creepy instantly makes them creepy. And you also have to remember, too, that she jumps back and forth in her lifetime. So in a way, there are parts of her that are like an adult living in a kid's body. So she might say things that sound a little more mature than a 10-year-old would say. But now? Uh, yeah. Maybe. Is she still know. like that? It's it's uh, another ambiguous thing where there's really no time to mess with the implications there other than she recognizes yeah. things are different. And so we'll maybe we'll see if she gets different future visions or maybe we'll see she just doesn't get any more. And it's definitely one of those things that if they were going into, you know, season six, seven, eight, if they were going to continue, she could come back and be like, Oh, I'm having a crazy vision and then leave again. So, yeah. Or, or she, yeah, she could come back and be like, Hey, I just need to let you guys know, had this vision, <laughs> do what you want with it. I had it. I'm, I, and I, I'm too old for this anymore. And it's weird. She always carries like a, a wireless microphone. And so she'll just drop it then and then just fade into the, uh, <laughs> fade into the background. Yeah. And might do some like peace out later by thing. So. Yeah. So we moved to act five. and <laughs> It's, it's confusing at first. So there's an in remembrance sign that's being made and we see Simmons packing and we see Mac and Yo-Yo who are being uh, sadly cuddling or cuddling sadly. I don't know, but they're mourning, obviously um, a lot of loss. And we see may destroy <laughs> the time stone <laughs> or the time block. It's not a stone. It's not for the gauntlet from the infinity gauntlet, but uh, she destroys it. And then they're talking and we get the last scene here. Colson reminds everyone, this is not a funeral. It's a celebration because Fitz isn't dead. And I'm not dead <laughs> yet either. Wah, wah. That's the happiest yeah. wah, wah we're ever going to get from this show. I think <laughs> Well, the- no, 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 no. Fits from the loopy timeline, he's dead. Yeah, we need to talk about this. <laughs> yes, because you were you pointed out that there were going to be two Fitzes, and now that's resolved, and you're happy. I know it. Because <laughs> well, you were so upset about there being two Fitzes. You yeah. couldn't understand it. <laughs> and so here's what's going to happen. 
they're going to go to space because they have a spaceship, a working spaceship, and that's great. That's fun, right? Shield in space, that's, that's fun. They're going to find fits. Here's what's good. This fits never did anything to Daisy. This fits did not have the breakdown. This fits did not carry the guilt of all that stuff that he did in the lighthouse. This fits also is not the father of the baby that Simmons might be carrying. So what do you think about that? Like, where do you go with that? Like, yes, you are the father, but, but you're not. And yes, I say might be because they still have not given confirmation other than TV confirmation. They were talking about a baby and then she threw up. And so in TV language, that means having a baby. But they could also say, no, she was just not feeling good. But still, the past three or four episodes have only have taken place entirely within a few hours. So there hasn't realistically in the whole timeline of the series. um, There really hasn't been a lot of time that has passed since they left the future. Just a few weeks. So it may yeah. be still too early for her to even know. Well, m- morning sickness can start early, though. Like, before mm. you know. Be- before you have any other... Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why you might check. And it... Yeah. Anyway, bottom line is, I kind of hope she's not pregnant now. Because, Me too. Because <laughs> you got some awkward, awkward conversations when that kid's 18. Yeah. Oh, and on top of it, Fitz doesn't remember getting married. Nope. Um, nope. He is not still, married to her. He still has lived the trauma of of the entire um, framework and um, being held prisoner on that base. Yes, but what's good about that, Samantha, is that Simmons knows better about it now and yeah. knows what to anticipate and knows you know at least to anticipate and to help um she may not have a solution but she's going to be able to be ready for it so yes <laughs> but that, that 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 is a huge difference sometimes if if something sometimes being prepared for something that that is difficult uh works better yeah than not knowing anything about it at all <laughs> so anyway i like that yeah they're recognizing what we recognized, you know, the time loop is broken. And so that fits that's out there in space has no destination. You know, he, he was going to wake up. You know what that also means though, is that Enoch is also not dead. Enoch. I have missed him. It's only been a few episodes, but I have missed him because he's just so weird in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is good in a good way, you know, but it's also potentially awkward. Like Simmons has this whole section of life where they finally got their storybook ending. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Um, For Simmons, it's nice. She gets to relive it, have another wedding, maybe even in a better place than, you know, the tree dimension that's right next door to the fear dimension. 
don't know. That was pretty idyllic where they got married, but it was still collapsing in on random. Yeah. Um, thank goodness Davis recorded the thing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Here, Fitz, here's the wedding you didn't get to see. Mm. It wasn't you, but it was, but it wasn't. Yeah, and he's like, I don't want to be married. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's like, married. What are you? Oh, oh, come on. We know he got into that that freezing casket, anticipating that as soon as he finds Simmons, he's going to ask her to marry him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The only reason oh, he got into the casket, or and thing. that means he gets a second pass at asking her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, so season six is just highlights from from what could have been. Yes. I don't know. Well, we, we're going to have to talk about that in a moment here. But um, so he, Coulson is saying words that makes it sound like he's talking about we lost Fitz. But he's actually talking about himself. And he's giving a toast to his team. He's he's saying, I've seen heroes and you guys are heroes. And he's proud of, of Daisy, he tells her he's proud. Um but basically, like they they're making the memorial plaque to go in the Zephyr for him um, before he dies, and he's going to die in days, maybe weeks, if he's lucky. And so they drop him off uh, on a on a sandy ground in a green screen, um, <laughs> and and it's a you know green screens are it's a magical place. <laughs> He's in Tahiti. It's our opening tag is still relevant. It's still relevant. It is. It is. Um, I do. Going back to the, the remembrance service or whatever. um, I did appreciate what Simmons said, where Colson says, you got to move on. And Simmons like, Nope, we don't, we don't have to move on. We take these memories. Maybe we lock them away, but we revisit them. And that's okay. And we, we don't move on. And I appreciated seeing that, hearing that. Um, I think I might have mentioned in the last episode that my, my grandfather wasn't doing well. Um, and he did pass away. And we just had the memorial service yesterday. And uh, um, I didn't say we don't move on. I, 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 I guess I could have. I don't think anyone there would have ever seen this. Um, but um, it, there's truth to that. You know, we don't move on. It's okay. Uh, it was one of the things I, I told I told my nephew. Like, it's okay to ha- to feel what you're feeling right now, and it's also okay to miss him. It, it it really is. You know, it's it's good. It's good to hang on to those good memories. And so, anyway, I was disappointed that Coulson is going to die. Maybe, but you know, um, he is in a magical place. Yeah. And that when he's walking down the ramp, I was reminded of, I don't know if it was the first episode, but it was definitely in the first trailers where he's walking down the ramp and the guy's like um, getting ready to touch his touch Lola. And he's like, <laughs> nobody touches Lola. <sighs> and I wanted Lola to be there. And Me too. There. I thought okay. that he was going to get down, get in Lola. May would get in Lola with him. Um <laughs> I didn't think May was going to get in Lola, but I'm fine with it happening, I guess. You know, I, I, that's what I figured was going to happen. And and then we get the end of Greece, I guess, where the car flies away into the sunset. <laughs> but um, but this was nice, too, you know. 
And and so there they are. And did Lola is, get destroyed at some point? I'm trying to remember. It, I do not remember Lola getting destroyed, but it is quite possible. Um, but anyway, this, um, the question is, should this have been the series finale? Because if this had been the series finale, I would have been more than happy with it. Oh, I would have been very happy with this as a fin- series finale. Because Coulson and May in front of the green screen, and then the others fly away to go find Fitz in space. And it just feels like, uh, uh, it definitely does feel like a series finale. And moving into I mean, season six. I, yeah. I think it's going to depend on what season six does. If season six is good, then no, it doesn't have to be a season finale. If season six is less than good, then it maybe should have been. Yeah. Well, what it reminds me of is I keep coming back to this Babylon five, right? Babylon five was supposed to be five seasons long. And they shortened it to four. They were like four, fourth season is the last one. So J. Michael Straczynski, uh, you need to wrap it up. So he does and films the final episode of Babylon 5. And then they're like, ratings are good. We need a season five now. So they save mm-hmm. the season finale or the series finale that they filmed. They save it for the end of season five. And they shoehorn in an extra season. Now, it's good television. Don't get me wrong. Season five is good television. Um, and it all leads up toward that that season series finale. Then you get some spinoff stuff from them, which should have never happened. It, it should have never yeah. happened. Crusade um, was half season, and it was it was not great, and ended kind of with with questions, you know. And then they tried to reboot things, not reboot, but tried to do some uh, spinoff stuff with um, some pilots and they were not great. Um, and it just left all these hanging things similar to actually, actually <laughs> agent Carter. Um, I would say, man, season six, if they can figure out some way to tie in and resolve agent Carter, it'd be great. It'd be wonderful. Yep. Never gonna happen. And then if they can take um take Marvel's most wanted and and menagerie it or menagerie menagerie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking yep. about. We need to talk some Star Trek here, Stuart. There's your Star Trek there's yep. your Star Trek reference. Yep. The cage. The cage Never was the original gonna happen. The cage was the original Star Trek pilot. <laughs> and they took that episode that they didn't use. Mm-hmm. And they didn't air it. It had a different captain. It was Captain Pike instead of Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. And they took it and made it into an, a two-part episode where it's the called cast the it's called the Menagerie, where the cast of Star Trek is watching the pilot episode on <laughs> the view screen. And and you know Spock is on trial because he he committed an act of treason to he, to the death penalty to, to watch yeah. The death penalty, but they didn't do it because he, you know, he's Starfleet. But he's trying to watch the 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 pilot, and he is on death. You know, he's on death watch to do he, it. He, so, and and that's testimony. Like, so this is the reason. All the things that happened in that original pilot episode, they you they reuse it, and it becomes this is the reason why Spock did this crime. This is going to give yeah, you know, and and it's a really it's a fantastic, fantastic two episodes. 
of television. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of both of them are. The cage is good too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's but, a little it's a little darker. And go ahead. Well, I was going to say it wasn't meant to be. Like this was one of those where they needed an episode and they needed it quick. And so yeah. they wrote this. I mean, I think Roddenberry wrote it himself, I'm not sure, but it got written very very quickly and then it's it's just this kind of almost throwaway thing where they're oh, you got to just write it really quick and it's it becomes this classic of of sci-fi television. And here's the MCU connection. Yeah. So, oh, Anson Munt is that his name? I can't. I'm gonna. Yes. I'm gonna miss. Yes, it. Anson. Uh, Anson, I think. Anson. Um. Uh. Black Bolt in the Inhuman series. Um. Is going to play the character of Captain Pike in <laughs> Discovery true. season two. That's true. He'll be the fourth actor to play Captain Pike. Cool. Oh, because because in the menagerie, spoiler alert, in the menagerie, they had Captain Pike in the wheelchair, and that was a different actor. That's the beep once for yes, twice for no. Right, right, yeah. and that's yeah. the fourth actor. So I, I had yeah. to do a little bit. Yeah, because gymnastics. new Star Trek, 2009 Star Trek, had a different guy playing. Uh, Bruce Greenwood, yeah. who was amazing. Loved Captain him in Pike. that, yeah. Yeah, I actually preferred the cage over the menagerie. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's a it's a it's a more full it's a fuller story. What was great about the menagerie was he, a lot of people had seen the cage because he went around showing it to a bunch of colleges, and so when it came on television, they went, "Oh, that's cool," and it was cool. That is mm-hmm. okay. So. Back to Agents of Shield. I think we need to ha- have maybe a final comment or two, and then we'll get in some feedback from our listeners. Um, and I feel overall, good about my final comments. So, overall, I liked this. I thought it was a good series slash season finale. It could have gone either way. I'm excited to see where season six takes us, and I'm excited to see what season six does. But. We're also going to talk about some stuff post credit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's your teaser. <laughs> All right. What about you, Samantha? Final thoughts about this episode before we move to the feedback. As usual, Stuart says something and he says it before or he says something that I was just thinking and I was going to say and he takes the words out of my mouth again. Um, so yes, I am, I am very pleased with this episode. I would have been very happy with it as a series finale. I'm happy with it as just a season five finale, uh, going into season six. Um, and I am excited about what's to come and, uh, I'm excited about, uh, what else is going to happen in the MCU from here. Yeah. And, and as for me, I'm the way they ended this moving into season six. um, I wonder if they're going to come back to Coulson at all. I just don't know. Mm. I just don't know. And are they going to come back just so they can have the show, the tomb or uh, I don't know, or gravestone or whatever, but um, I'm disappointed. That's that's, I I should say I'm, I'm disappointed. I I wish that he was not going to die in a week after that episode. So, 
Yeah, because he's the one who brought us here, but he is not in... I mean, this won't be the last time we see him. We will see him in a movie. Yeah. Between now and then. Which will well, technically be the first time we've seen him. It'll, yeah. yeah. It, from what everyone, from what he said, this is the earliest in his career that we'll mm-hmm. have seen. Yeah. Well, it's going to be really difficult to bring, I mean, even if he does survive, it'll be difficult to bring him back because he's retired and he's thrown his cell phone into the ocean. That's true. Which I think um, right. for those of us who work primarily through our cell phones, we all know that feeling of being on vacation and work keeps calling or texting and you just want to chuck your phone into the nearest body of water. Yeah, But, but to be fair, the Zephyr does know where he is. <laughs> so, yeah. well, and I, I, he talks about throwing it into the, into the ocean. All I can think of is Robin Williams and hook. Like the climax of hook is, <laughs> ah, yeah. Throw my cell phone out the window. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. think Colson's done. Hey, I really do. <laughs> I, I hope. Wow. Well, we just have to wait and see. We have to wait a year now. And why do we have to wait a year? I think one of the best reasons is because with Infinity War and Avengers 4, this allows them to finish up that Avengers movie story with Thanos and, yeah, get to just wait until after that's done to start moving forward with more stories. So let's listen to some feedback and I'll read some feedback from our listeners. Shield Field Report. All right, so this uh, email comes from Agent Jessica, and she says, subject line, the end. Hi, agents. Wow, what a finale. It was definitely epic, but I'm a little surprised they didn't tie into Infinity War at all. (laughs) Maybe that means the biggest tie-in will be when it comes back. Either way, the episode was a great end to the season and honestly would have been a great series finale. I'm glad we get another season, and maybe more, Though, because I'm not ready to say goodbye to the show, even if that means waiting a year for a shortened season. I have so many questions. Did I miss what happened to Deke? Did he just disappear and nobody noticed? I know he said he wanted to leave the base, so did he just leave in the middle of everything? Um, and my answer to that is, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that he just walked away like he said he was going to. What do you guys think? Well, we already talked about this a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, yeah I think he's wandering the earth. Yeah. Also, what's going to happen to Daisy now that she took that serum? It gave her quite the upgrade, but will it last? And will she have other side effects? Let me think about that one. I mm. thought the odium was temporary. And her heart well, that's the stop. odium, but she didn't take the odium. Well, she... Yeah, that's right. The odium was broken, remember? She, yeah, she took oh. the centipede serum. So she just got the caterpillar serum. and <laughs> Centipede. Um, Ah, legs, does, that mean she's going to, does that mean she's going to turn into a beautiful butterfly soon? Oh, I'm a beautiful yes. butterfly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, she's already gone through her uh, her uh, crystal metamorphosis. Yeah, yeah. Yes. that's true. That's true. And is Coulson honestly going to die? I have mixed feelings about having a show without him in it. I'm really excited that we'll get to see him in Captain Marvel, though. Maybe with the long break and everything that's going to happen in the MCU between now and then, we will get a miracle save. I liked seeing Daisy grow, but also liked seeing her turn control over to Mac. I love how their relationship has progressed and what a great duo they have become. And I think having Mac lead makes a lot of sense. Poor Simmons. But cool that they can 
go find the pass fits, maybe. I just don't see how that wouldn't ruin things, butterfly effect and all. I guess we'll have to have time to rewatch and decide if it would actually do that much or not. Anyway, that's all I have for now. Can't wait to hear your thoughts and looking forward to season six. Agent Jessica. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, fits <laughs> that whole situation. That's a, that's a Jerry Springer episode right there. <laughs> You're not my dad. Well, I kind of am. I, I kind of am, but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think if he if they find him before this child and if this child is born, um, I, I think that he will still willingly step into the role of father. Oh, definitely. I think he yes. would yeah. willingly step into the role of father regardless and of anything. He yeah. never met Deke. Which means he's not going to be totally annoyed with his grandson if if Deke is indeed <laughs> going to be his grandson. So, can you imagine how that would go? Like, this didn't happen or whatever. So, um, she they they finally meet their grandson and it's born, and the the daughter says, "Father, I I named your grandson. It's Deke." And he's like, "Oh gosh, I just can't. <laughs> whatever. Okay, fine." Yeah, and also, and also, you, Deke. There's another you. (laughs) Remember how there's another me who (laughs) isn't your actual grandfather. There's another you who's actually out there right now, walking the earth with Deathlock, and but he's thirty some years older than you. So okay, is Deke short for something? I don't know. Ah, yeah. All right, this is a message from Agent 084. Subject, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 522. What a great last episode. It's going to be a long 13 months waiting for episode, or for season six. I've got way too many thoughts about it, so I made a list. One, we made it one full season without seeing the aesthetically pleasing face of incredibly talented actor Brett Dalton. What a triumph. Two. I agree with you, 084. <laughs> 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 Two, thanks for making me cry for fits, writers. Three, thanks also for putting me through that and then reminding me there's more than one fits in this timeline. And the one frozen in space, A, has gotten plenty of sleep, B, hasn't forcefully operated on his friend, C, is dead set on proposing to Gemma still. So yeah, I like that fits a little more. Four, where to, director? Where do you think? We saved the planet, but there's a battle going on right now to save half the universe. <laughs> And I'm going to stop there. Spoilers. Number five. I do wonder (laughs) how long before the events in Infinity War, although he uses the phrase that we use. um, I wonder how long before Infinity War final events, that final scene is. I feel like Coulson and May at least deserve some time on that beach before... Spoiler. Number six, once the loop is broken, Robin stops her mom and says this is different, which would imply that she's in a timeline she hadn't seen before, leading to two thoughts. 6A, is Robin going to see a whole different timeline for the rest of her life, or were her inhuman powers somehow dependent on that one loop? Some things Lincoln said back in season three makes me think that her powers are permanent and she'll just see a different future. 6B, she totally drew the final scene, the beach drawing, back in episode five. Strange that she saw this one moment from the new timeline. We need to go back and watch episode five and oh. see that because, yeah. That's it, no longer on Hulu. Oh, it's not? 
Oh, it's not no, because no. they um, take down episodes like after so no. many weeks. But in a few months, we will be able to rewatch it on Netflix. That's true. Yeah. Number seven. I was never Deke's biggest fan. That said, the one thing I didn't think I'd be asking tonight was, "What about Deke? Did he disappear, or is he going around seeing as much of the world as possible before Thanos?" Does spoilery things. Number eight, I don't really see any reason Cassius can't come back and take over the planet now that it's all pretty and uncracked. I think this would be a stupid and tedious arc for season six, but I also kind of need a reason why it's not happening. Uh, season, uh, season nine, number nine. I was pulling for director Quake this in, Quake this entire season, but I can't help loving the fact that Mac ended up taking over. One of my favorite things about the episode was the mini montage of Shield being shield in chicago and that was Mac's first call as director it reminded me so much of captain america from age of ultron this is what shield was supposed to be yeah nice all right another email from j dog subject line season five finale that was a fantastic season finale. My only minor complaint is the special effects looked visibly off when Talbot crashed the ship into downtown Chicago. I was expecting to get a glimpse of Godzilla in the background. They apparently spent their effects budget on Daisy and Talbot's powers, and in retrospect, that was the right decision. Speaking of Chicago, what did Talbot have against its citizens? I guess whatever superhero persona that Talbot had in the last episode was short-lived since he decided to crash a ship directly into downtown, causing who knows how many casualties, when clearly he could have landed it just about anywhere. Unless I misinterpreted it, Robin's scribbling on the globe showed that Gravitonium is plentifully available just about anywhere in the hemisphere. If his excuse was that he needed to get to the Gravitonium quickly in order to fight Thanos, he would have been better off heading somewhere that alien activity had actually been noted, such as New York City. And I'll just say, I don't think that her scribbling on the globe is what he was following. I think that's something she did after showing him where it was, because I think she was just drawing the Earth cracked. Uh, that might actually be something to look for in a rewatch of this season, would be, is that globe on the in the lighthouse in the future hmm. like that uh, with regards to trying to break the time loop. I appreciate them not choosing door one inject Talbot or door two inject Colson, but instead choosing door number three. I certainly didn't expect that. And it does change the narrative for the team moving forward. So Daisy has centipede Yang serum coursing through her veins. It seems like she's a much better candidate to be the destroyer of worlds. Now that she's supercharged, I'm guessing the writers want us to just move on from that subject now that Talbot is out of the picture, but it could still happen. Regardless, her new power level will hopefully open up some interesting ideas moving forward. Flying anyone? The team electing Mac to lead just felt right, and Phil agrees, and Phil is us. Daisy realizing that she was better suited as a field agent was a nice touch as well. Seeing the team fully accept Coulson's end-of-life decision was tough, but that Tahiti ending seemed just right to me. Can the show survive a season without Coulson? I was hoping for a little more direct tie-in to Infinity War, but I can forgive it since they have delivered so many heart-wrenching moments. Summer of 2019 is so far away, but I know that listening to the Welcome to Level 7 podcast will help pass the time. Thanks for years of thought-provoking material to make my work commute a little brighter. J-Dog. So thank you for that, J-Dog. Appreciate Me that. Me too, J-Dog. Thank you. Yes. We've got a feedback from Agent Coco, and... It's always good to hear from her. And the uh, subject line is no goodbyes, only see you laters. 
Here's the message. Hello, friends. I hope this note makes it to you in time to get read on the podcast. I have missed the mark three weeks in a row, which is kind of frustrating because I always have so much to say. I keep missing the deadlines and sending in feedback. And now we are at the end of the season. Just call me the Tigger rep for the Northeast contingent of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because this show thrills me to pieces. Picturing me bopping as I write this, I am glad that technically nobody died, although the scene with Mac and Fitz really wore me out emotionally. That was so intense. Very manipulative of the writers to kill off Fitz's character for five minutes. Not cool, I cried. Uh, and we've talked about how we cried as well. So that's it's, it's a common reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll find out more from other people, but um, the whole idea of him being still frozen and floating in space really makes my head hurt. I did not understand it at first, but it, after thinking about it for a long time, I realized the whole the idea is that Frozen Fitz is on his way to a future that does not exist, so he's still out there somewhere. It doesn't make sense because he came back with them, but then again, he was never there. Um, I'm trying to figure out the exact moment the loop began and the exact moment it was broken. My guess is Daisy injecting herself with a centipede is what broke the loop and in previous loops Coulson took it and still died and yeah that's a good question but we've talked about that a little bit um but I wanted to ask you guys about um this time travel trope here like they're all talking about how Deke is a creation of that future and he would disappear possibly when the future changed but why not then like fits wouldn't Fitz also disappear? Like, like well, Fitz from Fitz, the future loop. Fitz is protected by um, Plutonium. Well, <laughs> but no, and, I, and and Startonium. Well, but he's yes. he's out in space right now. But right. I'm saying that if he hadn't died, would he have disappeared as well? No, if Deke was going, to, that, that's assuming that Deke disappeared, which we we don't know. So, that's a good point. I I didn't think about that before. I didn't either, but Agent Coco wrote in, and that's why we like reading these things. <laughs> he he probably should have. He probably should right. If you're gonna if if that's the rule that is set up. Now again, we're still undecided if that's actually the rule the way they've set it up because we don't we didn't ever see Deke. You know, right, right. But they were the, they were all pulled from the timeline, mm-hmm. and then returned to a point in time, right near when they were pulled out. Except for Fitz and Deke, who both lived the timeline, and then wrapped around backwards. You know what should not happen? What Fitz should not, and I guess can't anymore, but should not go find Frozen Fitz because that would cause a disruption in the space-time continuum. Yes, and, but you're right. Or nothing else would happen. You know, there'd just be two Fitzes. But <laughs> <Yeah>. nonetheless, uh, <laughs> future Fitz, um, uh, uh, that futuristic version of Fitz has passed away. And But there's a younger version of him who is now in an alternate timeline who is floating around in space somewhere with Enoch. And he's frozen. He's freeze dried. He's he's Han in the carbonite. Totally. But is this why we didn't see a funeral? I think so. We didn't see a tombstone. We saw nothing about his death except for them reacting to it afterward. And well, the other part of that is I think that they played the audience a little bit. Well, they I def- know they I was, definitely played I, the audience. 
I was getting very emotionally manipulated when it when it showed uh, a, in remembrance of Agent Coulson, uh, you know, retiring or whatever. I was like, no, that's that's yeah. cheating. Yeah. But um, uh, but yeah, I this makes me feel I mean, better. Not- I, I feel better about things. If he disappeared with the when the time loop is broken, I feel better about things. Uh, you know, so you're saying if he disappeared when the time loop was broken, you feel better about them finding him because he's, uh, I, I feel better oh. about, you know, the whole situation that arises from all this, this that's going on, all the shenanigans mm-hmm. from the, the time travel stuff that, that happens when you kill a future version of somebody who's not going to go into that future and is mm-hmm. instead going to wake up in a present where, um, his lady love just might be pregnant by another him <laughs> you know that's that's what's very intriguing about this whole prospect is their interaction because she's lived Fitz dying how many times and he's lived Gemma dying how many times and so it'd be interesting to have to have her have one up on him <laughs> it's true it's true I, I and just throwing it back out there that we don't know oh, if yeah, she's we actually don't know pregnant anything. you know and yeah, so we don't know anything. Okay, uh, back to Coco though. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I thought you were done with the email. No, no, I could see how Talbot absorbing Daisy, then digging for gravitonium, could make the world crack to pieces. I really hope his story is done. His abuse of his wife was the no turning back point for me. When mm-hmm. May asked Phil about his bucket list, I thought he was going to say something naughty and fresh, but I guess that's not his style. I would have liked another kiss from them, but I guess that would have been corny. But the kiss behind the shield was not as satisfying as I wanted it to be because it was the wrong moment for a makeout session. They were being shot at, and Agent Coco, I say yes, thank you. <laughs> so, um, and, to, and to you too, <laughs> you've never seen a, an action movie, have you? Oh, I've seen the that. That is movies. absolutely the right moment when the when the guy gets the girl and pops up the awesome shield. That's absolutely the right moment to be kissing. If, if it was a bigger shield, that's that's all. Legs, legs are still visible. Okay, <laughs> we, we've had this conversation. Okay, um, I wonder about Deke. No one even mentioned him as much as he saved them, but uh, they could have at least have had a drink or a moment in his honor. Not even Gemma said. I, I wonder what happened to Deke. I thought Davis was going to end up being Ghost Rider or have some other random cool power. And and then she has uh, some thoughts here. Are you all going to do a show where you talk about the entire season? Because I would love to know who were your favorite random characters. My favorite random good guys were Tess and Flint. My favorite villain was Sonara. I really thought we would see her again. This was not my favorite season. Last season is. But I love the way it all came together. I didn't like Ruby, her character, or her acting. Sorry. And I did not like the way the team fell apart, especially their treatment of Yo-Yo. But there are some elements I did appreciate. I like the time travel and alien stories, and some of the fight scenes and plot twists were the bomb. My favorite episodes were the Deathlock one, the Graviton one, and the one where Robin died, where May showed her ability to nurture. I am glad she had some good fight scenes in those past two episodes, and I'm glad she finally got some time with her man. I wonder if she will rejoin the team when Phil dies. I can't believe I have to wait a whole year to see my friends again. Thankfully, I can watch it all repeatedly on Netflix. And then she thanks us for being awesome and stuff like that. We're not gonna, um, we're not gonna turn turn down. But I'm not I'm not gonna read now. So peace and love, Agent Coco out. So thank you, Agent Coco. Thank you very much. 
Thank you, Coco, for your email. Thank you. Uh, let's see. I've got a message on Facebook. But it's going to take me a moment to find it. So let's listen to Daniel Butcher instead. And then we'll get to the Facebook message. Agent Daniel here. The end. Or don't redo Iron Man 3. So here's the thing. Um, I, I just got done pitching the last two episodes of the season. I got there pretty good. I was appropriately tense. Um, I felt like throughout the episode, Colton was really being Colton. And I love the fact that we um, kept bringing it back around to where we started with, with this, and now we're finishing with this. But I do feel like the actual ending of the end could have been the conclusion for the <coughs> well, the series. Colton put back um, off the shelf, um, much like we saw in the Kids Adventures, but having set up a shield team that could take care of uh, problems around the world to help people to be a, a shield that's really a reflection of Colton with the helping versus a reflection of Fury with the spying. Um, and as Colton looks at that in Tahiti with a lady by his side, you really could get the sense that this is a decent, a strong place for his arc here to end. And so where I'm sad and frustrated and questionable is, hey, well, and Ben and I debated this, why why couldn't they brought some people back in to do some shots in the last two weeks uh, to do the snap? Um, but, you know... Are we going to go into an off-season wondering who's coming back in the cast, who isn't coming back in the cast? Uh, you know, because we've got this Colton issue, and I, I'm assuming uh, Clark Gregg is coming back, but it's also set up so that Daisy and, uh, and Matt could leave the team. So we've got, what, a year to figure this all out? A year for folks to get new shows? Uh, a year for us to hear about contract negotiations? I have no idea of any of this contract. Um, wow. You know, that was a very emotional and Colton-like ending, I felt. And now, I wonder how, like Iron Man 3, things will be undone. So, I've already been told, we've got the fits. We've got a fits out there. So, how, how's that going to be for a relationship? Yeah, I was seeing another man. It was you. Um, Daniel likes Iron Man 3. I'm just going to go on a limb. Uh, I, I think that. he likes it. It's his third favorite, though, <laughs> of the Iron Man movies. Uh, I wonder where he put that in his letterbox. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that I, I will say, I, I did feel a little cheated after the emotional reaction to having lost fits and then the memory that, oh, yeah, he's out there. And yeah, it's okay. It's not okay. 
It's not. You know, it, I wonder if the whole Fitz death, not death, was a way to have it propel into season six. Because, you know, in season six, they're going to have to f- deal with that, you know, some way or another. I wonder if it was a way to propel the show going forward. It, you know, because or it could have been one of those things where they, you know, could have shut down if they needed to. Yeah, I, I feel like the whole Fitz thing almost feels better as a unresolved situation. And maybe when we get into season six, um, it's just they already found him. And they've been doing stuff for a year now or something. You right. Know? So, Oh, wasn't it great that we just went up into space and you were right there? That was awesome. Yeah, it was not hard to find that ship at all. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, okay. So we got one more message. And that's from Agent Adzi. And he says this. So I'm a little lost for words here. A few plot points. Number one, the ending. Never been so happy finally to see the conclusion of Phil and Melinda. Thought it was beautiful, meaningful, and had the best impact they could have hoped for. Two, Daisy blasting old mate into space was the best kind of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. way to beat the bad guy. They're not Avengers. They reply on their they rely on their wit and to, to win. It was superb. Uh, three, Fitz. I honestly didn't get the ending. I had to rewatch it a couple times to understand they're going to redo Muppets in space with Fitz in space. Number four, Fitz dying. My gosh, I was a blubbering mess on a flight watching that. How good was Ian's acting? And Mac was superb. Balled my eyes out. Sorry to anyone listening on flight VA 233 on Sunday. <laughs> what an episode. Spoilers for our Infinity War? Nope. Not going to go there. So uh, we will go there in a moment, but not not yet. So, yeah, that's our episode. And we will talk about Infinity War in the credits here. But, um, yeah. Any any final words before we, we move on to talk about Infinity War after the, the credits roll? Stuart? Uh, I like the episode mostly and i am interested to see what we do in the next 13 months <laughs> yeah uh, which is actually kind of nice that we're not waiting for a cliffhanger to be resolved like i right? feel like i feel like yes. this is going to be the kind of thing where oh cool and when it comes back it's it's going to be oh hey we're back yeah it's great yeah oh we, we like yeah. this show i like those people you know what? Even if the show was canceled, I you know I th- I think we said this earlier, but I, I would have been happy with them going off to space to look for Fitz and then leaving it there. Yeah, totally. Yes, I agree with that because it was the end of Coulson's story. So, and that's another weird thing is that yeah, this show was Coulson's show. Yeah, and now, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he, it was an ensemble cast, but it was it was the Coulson show where he's what propelled the show into being and yeah. now they're gonna be moving on without that and that's that's hard that's hard it can be done it has been done to re- replace a lead actor or to move a lead actor out but i mean we all remember the hogan family right no no um, you don't remember that it was called valerie uh and i think it was valerie bertinelli who was the lead she was the mom of a family of a sitcom and she quit the show and they just said, okay, well, we're going to call the show Valerie's Family instead and continue the show without her. And then they changed it to the Hogan Family because that was the name of the, the family. And and it lasted a few seasons after <laughs> without her. <laughs> so it can be done. 
I could um, I could almost see this lasting without Coulson, but it would be in that same way that Scrub season nine did. That's a bad example. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm saying. Uh, no, that's I. Or X Files season nine, which there are episodes in that season no, I have guys, not seen. Guys, you're bringing me down. Yeah. <laughs> bringing me down. But no, this is called Agents of Shield. It can go on. It, uh, Coulson gave the agents his blessing to go on without him. And he gave them the tools that they needed. And his badge, which is up on the plaque. Yeah. Uh, okay, Samantha, any final words then before we play those credits? Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And a special thank you to our Patreon patrons, Andrew, Adzi, Jeffrey, Trent, and Tassel. Thank you. Yes. And is that a new one? Well, yeah. yes, kind of, Yay. kind of. Um, it, I think it happened when you were not here for an episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, and all I have to say is this. I make my crazy predictions. And yes, sometimes I'm Eeyore. But as has been proven tonight, I'm usually right. The problem is, well, you won't listen I'm in a nightmare, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, and none of you can hear me. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 you can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is the light fantastic by JS Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the noodle mix network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. MX. And once again, thanks for listening. All right. Just just putting it out there right now. We're going to talk Infinity War. If you haven't seen it, we're spoiling it right now. Turn it off if you haven't seen Infinity War or if you don't care about spoilers. If you do care about spoilers, turn it off. If you've seen Infinity War, keep listening because we got to talk about Infinity War. First of all, in the time loop, if they fail right after the world gets destroyed, Thanos gets all the stones and does what he's going to do. And so what's nice about this is that this is one of those possible futures Dr. Strange is talking about where they actually – so the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. save the world so that the Avengers can do their thing over on the other side of the world. That's great. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So then, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, <sighs> but uh, it's not connected. There's uh, the connections no. that we want. It's not there. No. <laughs> it's no. not. So so I recently uh, saw Infinity War. Um, a couple days ago, again, for the second time. And I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm thinking, wow. 
this whole snapping thing doesn't it matters for the TV for the movies, but it doesn't matter for the TV show. It doesn't. We're done. I'm I, I and I and I it was then that I took off my Tigger robe and I hung it on the hook and I put on my Eeyore robe. Um who may be the eternal optimist, I don't know. But right now I'm like, wow, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. And that was my biggest problem with this episode. I liked it, I guess, but why put in those few things of like, oh, did you see what's happening in New York? They put them in there because people like us really wanted to see something. And they were like, well, we can kind of shoehorn this in here. We talked um, about that. We talked about the change. Like I know. They, they originally scripted that dialogue based on having seen the trailers that we saw. Right, right. And um, no, and the no. the event in New York was two people, not an army. It was two right. people fighting three people. Um, And so what I want to see or what I'm hoping to see, which I'm not going to see, but what I'm hoping to see is that season six is is the signaling of a shift. It only took five years to get us here, but season six is the signaling of where the TV people and the movie people are working in Congress to make something that is never before seen on TV and in the movies to where they're talking back and forth. They're feeding off each other. They're working in Congress to give us a truly all connected universe. But then I have my Eeyore robe on and it's never going to happen. So I, I did want to go back to Agent Azzy, finish his message. He said, I'm a little disappointed that the Thanos references were limited to what we saw earlier. Really makes me believe the showrunners had no idea what happened in Infinity War. Wonder mm-hmm. if they had, would they have ended the same way? Also, if the timeline hadn't, hadn't changed, would old mate Gravitonian bloke have beaten the remaining Avengers to rip the Earth in half? And then he says, we're, we're the best, but um, I'm not going to read that part. Oh, too late. So, um, we are the best. Thank you. Well, I mean, thank you. So here, here's the thing. I mean, the earth gets ripped in half and Thanos has no one to stop him basically. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's bad. And captain America is not going to survive the earth getting ripped in half. If he's on the side of the earth, that gets destroyed. And uh, Thor might survive that. Well, but I think, yeah, I, I think Thanos just comes in and is able to grab those last two stones. Um, almost not. Uh, I mean, this this is all el- what el- what if in else worlds, but um, he would have very little um, very little trouble to get those those stones. The only way this works in the it's all connected realm of stuff is if. Um, you had season six basically pick up at the end of season, you know, right where this left off. Thanos snaps his fingers. Half of the people go away, but that's not going to happen because if that was going to happen, it would have happened at the end of the season. Mm, not necessarily. What's what's what makes this a C as a series finale. What makes it kind of bittersweet is just knowing that, <laughs> Not too long after credits roll, right? Half of the people are going to die. 
and we're and so not going to either- see how that affects them. And so this is what I'm hoping for with season six is that at the very least season six, episode one through four, you know, that it happens a year after Avengers four. Right. And so then by the time that they're actually writing episode five, six and seven, they're able to have seen the movie Avengers (laughs) four. And so even if they aren't able to know ahead of time, they'll have seen it. And then they turn around in episode five, they actually show what happened with our agents. Mm-hmm. Um, unless the time stone is used to just erase the events of Infinity well, okay. War. Okay, so so then that's the other thing that I was thinking about. And so we've got we've got a couple of movies coming up and a, and a novel before Infinity before Avengers four happens. And so I'm thinking to myself, did the snapping, did the snapture, did Thanos snapping his fingers matter? At all. Okay. And I'm going to. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm going to, I'm going to speculate. And maybe this is just me being depressed right now, but I don't think it does. Okay. And, and I'll, I'll say to you what I said to John Wilkerson last time. And that is this. Yes, it matters because it's what motivates Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, the remaining heroes who m- they're not going to survive. I'm just going to put that out there. Those right. that original Trinity of characters are not going to survive. I think Bruce right. Banner will, to be honest. But, I think he will too. But I think those Mark three Ruffalo's got more to do in this series yeah, of movies. Yeah. But those three done. And mm-hmm. this is what motivates them to perhaps have an unseen sacrifice that results in a rewriting of time. And when time gets rewritten, they're gone from it. And no one knows what happened to them or why they aren't there anymore, except for us, the viewers. But I think if you're yeah, if you're looking at in terms of is it all going to be just undone later on? Yeah, I think it is. One way or another, it's going to be undone. Does mm-hmm. it matter? Yes, it matters to those characters right now that we care about. So it matters to us. If we care about them. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, I, I, I think the, so. I, that, that's that's where I go. And that's the other thing, right? So for me, my personal journey in this is I'm, you know, we have Ant Man and the Wasp coming in a couple of weeks, a month, whatever it is, um, and that's going to be an interesting sort of test, litmus test of what's happening in the MCU at this moment. Because the end of Infinity War is snap, ah, done. <laughs> like there's no, there's no clue as to what's happening next and i was really hoping hoping that the last episode of shield would be sort of a clue as to what's happening next and no it's not but that's me playing the home game and writing the episode at home so yeah yeah so samantha you have any any thoughts here i'm a little bit more optimistic than you guys and not any oh this is going to happen it's just (laughs) I'm just optimistic that um, the break that we have been given is an opportunity for um, maybe perhaps the writers of uh, Agents of Shield to be given the uh, for to ha- give them a chance to properly connect it all together, uh, and I think we can find that in actually some of Simmons' words for this uh, episode. 
She says, he'll be happy to know that time is not fixed. It is a fluid, ever-changing, beautiful thing. Time is fluid. It can change. They can make changes in the, in the upcoming season. Um, and they will have time to sit down with perhaps the Russo brothers or other producers of Infinity War and talk about what can, not necessarily to spoil the next movie, but to um, they can talk about what can they possibly bring in to tie it all together. Because the Russo brothers were, cro- were quoted recently to say that, um, well, the Netflix series were on the table. I don't know about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they did say Netflix. Yeah, the Netflix well, characters were on the table to be in the script for Infinity War. And as they're breaking down the story, there's like, there's too many characters. Yeah. Right. And, and here's where I, I'm, I'm sad about this is I want, I, I want all that to happen. I believe that there's time for it to happen. I just hope that people's egos or whatever it is, get out of the way to allow this to be a thing. Um, you know, the, the whole idea of a shared universe that stuff happens in the movies is sh- realized on the TV screen, uh, a.k.a., you know, a la Winter Soldier, right? Um, that is something that I think this universe has sort of moved away from. Um, yeah. it, may, it may not have been there great to begin with, but I think it's moved away from it even further. Um, and I think that's the, that's one of the things that makes this universe really exciting to me. And so I'm hoping that it, it continues <laughs> and, and they, and they have the chance to course correct into things. I'll when still was watch the last the time? Things. Yeah. When was the last time that they used the, it's all connected tag. Oh, it's, it's been a while, but yeah, they've used it. We've used it a lot, you know, but yeah, well, well that's um, us, but we have no control about what happens in the MCU. Yeah. But I think part of it is, I, I think they, when they talked about, uh, Captain Marvel, they talked about it being all connected. Oh, okay. Um, then it has been recently that they have said that. Yeah. And, and them choosing to put Coulson in Captain Marvel. There's, there's good stuff there. And, um, I, I think that what this does is, because I'm looking at it more clinically, I think. Um, what this does, like I said, is it gives them time to figure out, you know, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to be, you know, how are we going to reference what happened in Infinity War? How are we going to reference what happened in Avengers 4? Um, they at least have time for that. And the other cool possibility is if if the movie producers just say, all right, here's a deal. Uh, it takes two months for Captain America and Iron Man to fix this problem in Avengers four. And then our season six is just all about the team helping the world, you know, in that, in that, in that two months. Um, Or, you know, I mean, they could do any number of things. Like I said, they could just do a a time jump and then not even worry about it and not even reference it until season seven or something. But I'm glad we get a season six just to be able to see what happens to our team after Infinity War. Honestly, I'm kind of hoping for a time jump. That would just make things so much smoother. So I much, mean, we could, yeah, we so could much do cleaner. Like, yep. Yeah, we could do six months in the future and, and, and Simmons has a belly. A little, you know, a nice, cute little belly on her. 
Um, or I don't know. She's already had the baby. Um, and so there she is trying to find her husband and she's also taking care of their baby at the same time as well. And then they can sit around having drinks and going, Hey, remember when everybody turned to dust? So, yeah. Yeah, but that happens in season season seven, maybe, or in episode ten, you know, where they're like, "Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I do. That wasn't too long ago." (laughs) And right, you know, I mean, and I get that that's a way that that could happen, but it's that that seems, yes, it seems cleaner. Yes, it seems easier. But maybe doing the harder thing is the better thing. Again, I'm not the runner of the show. I get it. I understand that. But as a fan, I I'm that's the thing that I'm really excited about. And I'm and I'm not feeling like my excitement is it's kind of going down. It's not being <laughs> rewarded is the thing. Yeah. It's your, not being rewarded. Your expectations but, are not being rewarded. Right. And which is not which is only on me. It's not having anything to do with anybody else in the entire universe except for me. So my expectations need to be. But if I may, Stuart, I mean, first of all, you know, we got captain America, captain Marvel coming. Yes. So that'll be, that'll be a little bit of reward. And then I, I just feel like when we get to next season, it will be rewarded. And it may be again, that the tail just trying to figure out how do I wag with this dog, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because it all comes down to what are the writers of the show do to try and keep up you know mm-hmm. and and this gives them the opportunity to keep up with this the juggernaut and yeah so i i feel like we've got it may not be the best it may not be the greatest but i feel like there's opportunity at least to be able to um react to the events you know this is this is a titanic you know just trying to miss that iceberg you know, and I feel like they've got the they've got the time, and now they're 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 missing the they're 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 steering away from the iceberg. And and my hope is that they grasp onto that, you know, op- opportunity. You know, they they grab that opportunity and they and they grab it. Yeah, that's a little Firefly reference there for you, Samantha. <laughs> so hey, you know what? Uh, I, I never told you guys what song is just going through my head all actually all weekend since I watched this episode. Is it a door song? It is. Has it been going through your head too? A little bit. This is the end. My <laughs> oh, only thought, friend. The end. I thought it was break on through to the other side mm. for no reason other than that's the only door song I know. <laughs> uh, and I'm just seeing ceiling fans where there aren't any um, because of apocalypse now i i I'm oh yeah. okay um <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah. beautiful friend uh, the end okay that's out of my head now I, I got it i said it uh next time we meet it will be to talk about cloak and dagger <laughs>